Hi everyone, this is Brandon, and I wanted to share a few of my thoughts I've had around expectations. I think this is timely given that we have just finished up with the holiday season, and there are many events throughout the holiday season that we have expectations built around. There's family gatherings, there's work gatherings, there's gifts, there's friends, there's all kinds of things. And I think we can all relate to that feeling of maybe having an expectation built up in our mind that wasn't met for whatever reason. And, and it could be reasons that were our own fault or the fault of others, and it could have been a completely artificial expectation that we had built up in our minds that maybe no one could have met. But I want to focus today on talking about this same principle as it applies to spiritual things, having spiritual expectations. And, and this, this thought started rolling around in my head a lot more as I was studying about the story of Jonah. You know, Jonah was, is famous for getting swallowed by a well when he was commanded to go preach to the people of Nineveh. And, and Jonah was an Israelite, and Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, and the Assyrians were not friends to the Israelites. They had started invading the northern kingdom and caused a lot of problems. And so, you know, it's not, not out of the question that Jonah would have some hesitancy about going and and preaching to these people who were their enemies. They were barbaric in his mind, I'm sure, and, and it was a very dangerous calling. In the end, we know that he was swallowed by a fish and spit back out on the beach and eventually went and preached to the people of Nineveh. And we can see in Jonah chapter 3 that his preaching actually led to them considering their ways and actually repenting. And in verse 10 of Jonah chapter 3, it says, And God saw their works, meaning the people of Nineveh, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. And then chapter 4 opens up with verse 1 saying, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry. <clears throat> Jonah had the expectation that he was going to go preach to these people. They were not going to repent. And then God would destroy them, just as Jonah had, had told them. He didn't expect that the people would repent and that God would turn away his anger. And that was the source of his frustration and his anger. And it was directed towards God. And how kind of juvenile is that? The hair God had a plan, commanded a prophet to go preach to a people that he cared about. They repented. They were saved. This sounds like a good story, a feel-good ending. But the expectation that Jonah had built up made it a not-so-good ending for him because it didn't meet his expectations. And how often do we do that ourselves? 
And not to the extent of Jonah necessarily, but I know that I've had experiences in my life where I felt very prompted or compelled spiritually to do certain things without having been given the reason why as part of that instruction from God. I just felt prompted to do something. And in my own mind, it has always been very, I don't know, easy, but also kind of a trap to jump to some conclusion of why I've been commanded to do that. Maybe it is to help that person. Maybe it is to help me. Maybe this will get us out of our financial woes. Maybe this will cause me to be more successful in my employment or whatever it may be. I usually come up with some expectation that will eventually benefit me in the end. And that has been a source of frustration because a lot of times that expectation that I had come up with in my mind didn't happen or didn't happen soon or didn't happen in in a way that I expected something else happened and and it wasn't good enough because of the expectation I had built up so as I started looking through the scriptures identifying some of these these principles I came across people who did not have this expectation problem one of them I would like to call out is the story that's found in Daniel 3 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, King Nebuchadnezzar, he had, he had commanded that all the people, when they heard the music, needed to bow down to this golden image he had made and worship it. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not do that. In fact, they... they were disobedient to that command and people knew about it. They weren't trying to hide it, I guess, or anything because some of the people knew about it and turned them in to King Nebuchadnezzar. And in verse 14, King Nebuchadnezzar is confronting them and explaining, this was my edict. This was the expectation I had. And at the very end of verse 14, King Nebuchadnezzar asks, tells them, ye shall be cast into the furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And in verse 16, they respond to the king. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And that made King Nebuchadnezzar angry. He heated the furnace up, hotter than it had ever been before, and they tossed these three individuals in there. And sure enough, their God delivered them. But in their minds, they did not create that expectation. It clearly says there that they had faith that their God could deliver them, but if not, they would still not serve any other gods. So they, they didn't set themselves up for failure 
by having an expectation built up that wasn't given to them by God. And I think that is truly a remarkable thing. As I thought about more experiences, um, Abinadi came to mind in the Book of Mormon. And when he was there brought before King Noah, Abinadi had been preaching among the people. He was sent there by God as well. And he was taken prisoner because of the things he was saying. He was speaking against the king at that time, and they brought him before the king. And and they were trying to question him and cross him in his words. And he stood strong, and he told them the message that God had delivered to them, and they wanted to kill him for that. And in the very first part of chapter 13 of the book of Mosiah in the Book of Mormon, It says, And now when the king had heard these words, he said unto his priests, Away with this fellow, and slay him, for what have we to do with him? For he is mad. And they stood forth and attempted to lay their hands on him, but he withstood them and said unto them, Touch me not, for God shall smite you if you lay your hands upon me. For I will not for I have not delivered the message which the Lord sent me to deliver. Neither have I told you that which ye requested that I should tell. Therefore God will not suffer that I should be destroyed at this time. And and these individuals who were trying to lay their hands on him got scared because of that. And, and he recognized that. And Abinadi said in verse 7 of chapter 13, Ye see that ye have not power to slay me. Therefore I finish my message. Yea, I perceive that it cuts you to your hearts because I tell you the truth concerning your iniquities. Yea, and my words fill you with wonder and amazement and with anger, but I finish my message, and then it matters not whither I go, if it so be that I am saved. And so again, here's another proclamation from a prophet of God who was sent to preach to a people, taken prisoner, put in a very dangerous situation where his life was in danger. And he tells the people, I'm going to deliver this message, but what happens to me after that, I have no expectation. And, and in the end, Abinadi was burned at the stake for saying the things he did. So here's an example of someone who didn't get that deliverance similar to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But it was still okay because he did what God had commanded him. And then maybe one more from the Book of Mormon. We have Ammon, who was one of the sons of Mosiah, who went on a years-long mission to the Lamanites, who were considered their enemies as well. And when he went there, he was in their land, and he was taken prisoner by the Lamanites and brought before the king. And it says in Alma chapter 17, verse 23, when he was brought before to be questioned, it says, And the king inquired of Ammon if it were his desire to dwell in the land among the Lamanites or among his people. And Ammon said unto him, Yea, I desire to dwell among this people for a time, yea, and perhaps until the day I die. And it came to pass that King Lamoni was much pleased with Ammon, and caused that his band should be loosed, and he would that Ammon should take one of his daughters to wife. And the story continues that Ammon had some very unique 
missionary opportunities among the Lamanites. And I think part of that is because he had no expectations on what types of things he would be doing as a missionary or how long his mission should last or what kind of people he should teach. He was just obedient and was willing to obey God as long as God kept commanding him to do things. And that's exactly what he did, and he was very successful at that. So, what are we to learn from this? I think a big part of what we are to learn from this is found in Isaiah 55, where he says in verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so I really think that when God prompts us to do something, or we feel instructed in whatever form God is speaking to us, there is a purpose, but it's God's purpose. And we're part of the journey And the purpose will unfold itself as we continue to obey and be led step by step down down the path of obedience. And I know that whenever I've tried to interject my own thoughts, that as I've pondered and tried to understand the whys of why we were doing something, that... Since my thoughts aren't near God's thoughts, it was almost impossible for me to predict what the purpose might be or how it might end up. And if I was continually chasing after some expectation that I had invented in my own mind, not only was I not really enjoying the journey, but I was often disappointed because it didn't seem like it was leading to the expectation that I had come up with. And over time, as I've been able to look back on some of those journeys with some more time between going through it and, and being, you know, done with it, I realized that, yes, God's ways were much higher than my ways and that he created something much more beautiful, complex, and multifaceted than what I could have even expected or come up with as a result of that. And so I really look to these individuals, the Shadrachs, the Meshachs, the Abednegoes, the Abinadis, the Ammons of the scriptures as, as really good models for me to understand that obedience is sufficient. Knowing and feeling appreciative that God called me to do some task needs to be the source of the joy, not the expectation of a reward or some other blessing that is to come. Those things surely do come, but but being rid of the expectation when none was given by the Lord makes the journey a whole lot more enjoyable and a whole lot more fulfilling. And and lets things be unfolded in God's way and in God's timing. So, so those are my thoughts around expectation. I encourage you to 
to consider that and your own journey that you're you're going through and that you may be in the midst of right now not knowing why maybe the the key is to let go of the why and just keep going down that journey and let it be unfolded to you and you will likely be amazed at what God was able to accomplish through small and simple things step by step in blessing your life and blessing the lives of others and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ amen and I Oh